everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Masks and Mayhem, a special episode where we're going to be showcasing the recently kickstarted uh, post-apocalyptic narrative storytelling kind of cyberpunky RPG. That was really good, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Harsh Generation. And uh, special guesting with us for this episode is co-creator, lead developer, Emily O'Neill. Hello, that's me. And our normal rabble-rousers of Dan Bell. That's me. And Rachel Bloom. Hi! But not but not that Rachel Bloom. This is why I have my middle name on Twitter. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually Rachel Bloom. And then myself, R.C. Byler. Emily, why don't you say a little bit about what we're going to be doing in this first part of our two-parter? Sure. So we have decided that we're going to spend about like an hour, hour and a half, depending on how long it takes, uh, pretty much going through the rules, talking about the game mechanics, uh, getting a feel for the setting and making our characters so that next time we can jump right in and create some beautiful chaos together. I would say, let me give you a brief overview of the setting of Harsh Generation. Uh, all of, If you feel so inclined, all of the information is written down in extreme length in the rulebook. Uh, so if you feel like digging in a little bit more, there's plenty of information there. Uh, about a fourth of it is the actual rules, and then the rest of it is like lore, supplemental materials, um, cards, etc. Because it is, it does have a card game uh, part to it, component. So uh, the world of Harsh Generation occurs 300 years in the future. So imagine from here, for about 100 years, there's development and hopefully less despotism and good things maybe happen in the world and technological advancements occurs and you know like we just start kind of like technologically developing to the point where like body modifications are kind of a thing that people have and it's not weird the like tech is a lot more advanced and uh mainstream so after about 100 years of that the government decides that global warming is actually a problem if we make it 100 years, I'm going to be really impressed, but pretend we did. And <laughs> I was about to say, sounds like our timeline, except... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like, y'all are moving too fast for me here. Let's slow it down. Slow it down. So, 100 years in the future, the government's like, you know what? Let's try to dim the sun, which, by the way, is an actual theory out there that people are uh, proposing. It's hilarious. So, government actually tries to dim the sun. They do it, and in the process of dimming the sun end up like utterly obliterating the uh, ecosystem of America. So people start flocking to cities from rural areas because it's easier to find food and lodging and safety in cities than it is, you know, out in the wilds of rural America. So the cities start to get overburdened with people. Food shortages happen. Um, there's just mass starvation, hunger, and just you have 200 years of what is known as the blackout period. So the period between like, Society as we know it today and society as we know it in, in Harsh Generation is called the Blackout. So anything pre-Blackout is like that hundred years of development and technological innovation. And anything post-Blackout is anything that happened in like the social and the socio-political degradation that occurred after that. So basically what you're seeing now is isolated cities that have been kind of choked off from the rest of America by what's known as the overgrowth. And it's this uh, genetically modified huge like jungle forest that started as a government plan to like basically rebuild national parks and it's without anybody like maintaining it and cultivating it and whatnot it just kind of exploded so the only thing keeping it away are like these huge centralized city city centers so 
it takes place in Delphia, and again, Delphia is basically choked off from the rest of the world by uh, by the overgrowth. So within Delphia, you have these homegrown religions. Like, religion is like the thing. Like, if you don't have a religion, what the fuck are you doing? Um, as a matter of fact, you can't play the game without a religion because it's one of the core mechanics. So there are... It's the only way to deal with the reality of your situation. <laughs> exactly. It is. It is. <laughs> it is the way that people establish communities, and community building is one of the primary ways of surviving in Delphia. And we'll talk about the religions as we get to them in the, the rule rule book, because you have to choose one. But essentially what happens is that this religion called the Church of Oravos starts to kind of like show up, like these people start to show up in Delphia. And imagine them kind of as like, they're kind of colonizers. They're colonizers. And they show up and they've got like really fancy robes and they've got a lot more riches because they come from a place that was hit slightly less hard by the blackout um it was up in michigan so like there's the great lakes next to it and so they had a lot of water they had a lot of resources so like shit still hit the fan over there i can swear on this right <laughs> well you better hope so because <laughs> yes you fucking can oh thank god you sh- like and listen to uh, us when elon musk showed up okay good trust me you can swear <laughs> good because i am not family friendly so uh, they they started to show up in Delphia, and so the Church of Oravos is kind of positioned as, like, they are infrastructurally the bad guys, but, like, your average Oruvian might, like, just kind of be some, like, person who's just trying to survive in the same place transplanted from their home. So uh, that's kind of the the setup for it, is you've got 300 years of social, de- er, social decay, cities that are surrounded by big old fucking forests, and people who are trying to survive any way possible, and most of them do it by hyper-modifying their bodies in whatever way possible with whatever scrap they can pull out of the city and attach to themselves. So some elements of, like, uh, some elements of The Matrix, some elements of Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little Bioshock, a little uh, Cyberpunk 2077, a little bit um, Fallout. The aesthetic is definitely, like, Cyberpunk meets Dieselpunk meets The Wasteland, so... But it takes place in Delphia, so you also have people who worship Gritty. Bless. Hell, yes. <laughs> children of Grit, what, what? That's my religion. <laughs> That's, I, I have at least one child of Grit in every stream that I've done, so. <laughs> child of Grit. Yep. Yes. Yep. They worship, they worship the wild-eyed monsters. Fucking dibs. There's also a, uh, a modification called um, Instant Gritification. It's, it's very good. <laughs> I was gonna be left hand, but no, looks like I'm changing. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. They are part of the principalists. But left hand path is also pretty wild because they are like the. Well, it depends on who you're talking to. They're either the revolutionaries or the terrorists. Um, but isn't that always the case? Sometimes both. <laughs> exactly. Um, so if we want, uh, we can start building your characters. If you don't have any other questions about the um, the main like makeup of the world, the game is also sort of structured so that as we start. Playing it, you'll learn more about the game because, like, again, it's, it's got a card component to it. So some of the cards will have, like, a little bit of lore information on it. Like, here's a nerve wire item. The fuck's nerve wire? Oh, look, it's written down on here because Emily has too much spare time and likes to write flavor text. So. <laughs> That's what I figured it was more like we're going to learn about the world as we explore it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like exactly that. What would be the overarching... Other than, like, just creating your own storyline that you want to do, is there, like, a big ball of general story that's, like, that you're aiming towards? 
Yes. So the structure of Harsh Generation, it can be as freeform as if you want to just take the rule set and be like, there's goals, there's stress, and there's modifications, and we write a story, and it'll be great, and you can play it like a regular like D&D campaign if you want. Yeah. The structure of the game is based around the concept of crises and exploits. So you can basically... What we're going to do today, we're just going to make our characters, we're going to network them, we're going to get to know each other, figure out why you're working together, um, because nobody likes to walk into a campaign and be like, why am I taking a rocket to the face for you? I don't even know you. Um, you're going <laughs> to know why you're taking the rocket to the face, or why you're shooting people in the face with a rocket. So that's basically what we're going to be doing now, um, and a crisis is essentially a huge thing that is happening to one part of the city that has an overarching detrimental effect on the rest of the city. So if you guys say, well, fuck you, I don't care, whatever is happening is probably going to overflow into other areas of the city that maybe you do care about. So these huge crises that occur are going to be things that are sort of going to pull you guys together. So you're going to be like, okay, maybe we think that the robot worshippers having the robot fashion show are a little bit silly. However... If we don't help them recover their lost stuff. Okay, but also I want to hang out with those people. Oh, they're great. The, the Cabal of the Silver Flesh, they are just big old party people <laughs> who want to upload themselves into perfect robot bodies. I love them. Um, Chappy, here we come. Perfect. Hell, yeah, hell yes. <laughs> but if you don't help them, that's an entire section of Philadelphia that is... Uh, a place where most new modifications come from, the place where most really good tech is originated. So if that place falls into disrepair, then everybody else is going to feel that effect. So uh, the big crises, again, are things that you are going to be like, okay, we're going to help you guys fix this shit because we don't want to see what the fallout's going to be like if we don't. And then you will go on what are called exploits, which are basically you traveling to different, like, different parts of the city and dynamically creating what's going on at the time by answering questions, by... Uh, coming up with scenarios it's very heavy on the like instantaneous like spontaneous sort of role play it's also mm -hmm. really silly good i've i've never been in in a role play campaign that wasn't silly was a little bit oh see because like when i was like going over it it looked more like grim yeah it's like like cool with obviously like, the modifications but like like lean towards more like oh this is really shitty let's just make the best of it i guess yes everything <laughs> everything is absolutely terrible which is kind of why you have to laugh at it okay you'll be like i'm trying to save these people from indentured servitude in a fighting pit Woohoo! let's throw teeth at them uh <laughs> so like it's one of those games that you can kind of play to your flavor so you could play harsh generation as like a serious gritty I'm having feelings and it, like this is this like we're we're dealing with serious issues or you could play Harsh Generation like in my last campaign where they found a cult of uh dental hygiene worshipers who were ransacking ransacking machines that the cabalists had reformatted to create fluoride to put into the water but they didn't realize what it did so they were fighting it was very weird but somebody did end up crying over a broken shrine at one point so it's all over the place. A good, a good mix. Yes, exactly. So the a general, the general uh, philosophy of Harsh Generation is: if you have to ask a question, the answer is yes. It's just what the consequence to that might be. So your roles will always succeed. So if you say uh, my goal is to push that dude out the window, sure, you're going to succeed in pushing that guy out the window. So you're going to explain how you're doing it. You're going to give me a really cool narrative about how you like backflipped over this fence and like 
climbed up the wall with your suction pu- suction cup hands, and then you flipped yourself through the window, and you just punch this dude in the face, and he just flies out the window, right? Cool. All right. So then you're going to take everything that you used. We're going to come. We're going to combine that roll into something that's going to go against the moderator, which is less a DM and more the embodiment of environment and chance. So I am basically playing like people that you want to talk to, um, scenarios that are occurring, um, twists. So like plot twists, which is another mechanic that we'll get into. And so you punch this guy out the window and I'm like, awesome, roll. So you roll and you roll under me. Cool. You still managed to push that guy out the window. He is out that window. But he managed to grab onto you at the same time and he pulled you out the window with him. So... Mm-hmm. The consequence is what you're rolling for, not whether or not you succeed. So you can play off of each other. Uh, you can pull other people into your narrative. Last time we actually had four people go at once. It was very complicated to keep going in my brain, but they did manage to kill a dude very spectacularly. So there's a lot of flexibility <laughs> and a lot of leeway. The main point of Harsh Generation is if it sounds like it would be fun to talk about and fun to describe, fucking do it. Do it. If you if you want to electrocute yourself, like, th- yeah, th- don't ask me if there's an electric box on the wall. There's an electric box on the wall. Use your mods, stick your face into it, and electrocute yourself. That's cool. <laughs> Game's still in beta. Anything you say, I can take. <laughs> <laughs> there's a power in being a creator with a uh, a fluid project that's not complete. Because as soon as somebody gives you a good idea, you're like, well, fuck yeah, I'm putting that in there. Just made a mod today about shooting uh, acid acid blood out of your eyes. Like, I don't know, part of the Kickstarter was backers were like, you can make mods for me. And one of them was, I want to shoot acid out of my eyes at dudes that cat call me. And I'm like, me too. Perfect. I, I want that. I, I want that in real life, though. Right? But Rachel, you have glasses. Oh, no, backfire. These are blue light glasses. I don't walk around with them. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I could be. What if I know? What if I, you got a thing like Cyclops? Yes. And just like, I want to press something and now I spit acid at you. This could be invented. Google Glass is a thing. I forgot that was a thing. Yeah. I never forget. All right. So, the first thing when you're creating a character is that you'll want to choose your, uh, your class template. And your class template is basically your role in your community so it is it's it's literally what your social class is kind of akin to a job but it's not quite a job it's like you are uh you could be a mod crafter you craft mods um you might be an information broker that's kind of the thing that you do is you deal in information like that sort of thing um (laughs) so what would be the best way for for us to do this like do you all have ideas of what you want to do uh do you want me to read it off to you or i would say it would be a good idea to like just do a basic overview of some of them uh yeah yeah at least yeah for people who are listening to a general idea of what i want but i don't know enough about it to because like i know like what religion and like something and that'll that'll be super helpful um and see i have a character that i made back during like i want to say like the 3.0 beta so like i don't know how much of the i don't know how much of the information is still applicable oh yeah I have like a very rough idea. Oh, perfect. So. That's okay. perfect. So let me um yeah. Let me really quickly just run through what your options are and uh if you have any questions on any ones that like um jump out at you, then I can answer them as we go. So, your first class template is a mod crafter. You create mods. There are three types of modifications. You've got uh cybernetics, which are 
uh, you be a cyber grafter. Um, oh yeah, I changed the name of that. Beta. <laughs> it used to be electrographter, and I just kept confusing it with electrogenetics. Anyway, so you'd be a cybergrafter, which is cybernetics. You could be a gene hacker, which is somebody who creates electrogenetics, which are like ge- genetic splices, or uh, um, a uh, gadgeteer, who is um, a some person who creates uh, like homopuri gadgets. Uh, and the homopuri are like pure humans, so basically they use gadgets, but they don't like actually physically connect to you. You wear them on a rig. So you either are cybernetics, uh, a mutant, or a pure human who uses gadgets. Um, and a modcrafter creates those. Mutant for sure. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Um, A scrapper is another option. Um, It's pretty self-explanatory. It's somebody who picks up trash and knows what to do with it, essentially. Uh, A merchant is a merchant. You can sell shit. You know how to deal with people. Um, You're good at, like, haggling and bartering and stuff. Uh, A medic is also you're good at uh, healing people. There's no HP in this game. There's only stress. And so any sort of, like, healing ability is the ability to remove stress. You can also narratively heal, heal people, um, which we'll talk about the difference between them. But, yeah, basically healing is not HP. It's, like, you're de-stressing people. Uh, a religious guide How is... Where is that in my actual life? Oh, my God, I know, right? There's actually a modification called neurotransmitters. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Who has those? Right? the flavor text is just store-bought is fine yeah honestly yep uh give me that good good post-apocalyptic lexapro uh so a religious (laughs) guide is a religious guide it's um either an aruvian priest or a principalist who are the perfection worshippers temple keeper um the left-hand path like uh like a, a, a community leader or a mortali um weird death person love them they're me Bounty hunter is a bounty hunter. It's somebody who pretty much like makes their life off of being a like a mercenary, hunting people and things down. Uh, information broker is basically the same thing, but in regards to information. So it's really, really popular with like the left hand path, especially, uh, but also the Aruvians. And they basically uh, they thrive off of using knowledge as currency. They're very manipulative. They actually have a special that allows you to use the gaslight goal. Oh. They let you gaslight people. It's great. It's yeah. very healthy. There's also a high blood, which is, so there's no money, like currency in Harsh Generation. Like in order, if, in order to get what you want, you either use reputation that you've accrued or you barter for it like good for good um, or like service for service. So there's no money, but high bloods, they're like your trust fund kids. But if your, tr- <laughs> if your trust fund was like mommy and daddy's gang is gonna come and back you up if you want to take so-and-so's cool batteries you know so like they accrue their power through they inherit it but it's not money it is like power and violence and prestige and that sort of aspect threshers which i'm still debating keeping in here or not threshers are essentially you're like walking demolition individuals like you might have chainsaws for arms because you are literally spliced to carve a path through the overgrowth from New Eden to all of the cities that the Church of Oravos is trying to, like, get their claws into. So you are basically a tool of the church, and you, upon reaching Delphia, no longer have a job. So the church is just kind of like, have fun, we'll give you food if you want it. And so you're just kind of left loose in the city with chainsaws for arms. Death Reavers are just me. They are people who, they're mortali specifically, who take 
parts of dead bodies and create art out of them. <laughs> yes, I turned myself into a house generation uh, social class. I don't have any regrets about it. Oh, that was for the, what was it? The... Mortali. Mortali, that's what it is. Yeah, some of the social IDs, or some of the social classes have um, specific religions that they are associated with. So if you, again, choose, like, a Deathweaver, you can only be a Mortali. If you choose a Thresher, you can only be an Aruvian. Uh, but the rest of them are all, like, free reign. There's also a another template called the uh, City Hooligans template package, which I'm not going to use for this, but I will send you guys so that you can look at it, because it's all of, like, the big bads of Delphia in playable form. Hmm. It's it's part it was part of the Kickstarter, but it's basically just more templates. That's fun. It is. It's it's really OP. Yeah, that's accurate. Sometimes I just make things that are overpowered and I'm like, you know what? Because I can. It's a narrative game. There's really no such thing as overpowered. It's just too cool. Did you have any questions on any of those? Anything that you were thinking of grabbing? I am going to be a reconstructionist from the left hand path and an electrogen. Nice. Do you know what um are you gonna did you want to be a mod crafter? Were you saying or? Oh, an if uh, an information broker. Oh, awesome! Oh, god, yes, I love left hand path information brokers. Are like they're like typecast I... for each other, but they're always fucking good. I am what you call a shit stirrer. Please so I feel like that was just please just put right in there. For stir me. the shit. Awesome. <laughs> that is that is perfect. Did anybody else have any ideas what they wanted to play or questions on any of them? Uh, I was thinking about doing a bounty player, a uh, bounty hunter, nice. to force myself to actually like be a fighting character for once. Sure, in my general playing life. Sure, I don't know why I always end up being someone who's more support. So I was like, "Well, you know what? <laughs> no, I don't know if you will be happy to know this or disappointed to know this, but um, there's no real divide between combat and non-combat. Okay, that's interesting. Um, it's more like. You can get a stress from trying to intimidate somebody and not, and like, I don't like to say fail your role because you don't fail, but like, say you want to go up to somebody and you're like, I want to intimidate that guy so that he moves away from the, moves away from the door. Okay, sure. You go up and you're like, your mom. And the guy's like, oh, okay. And like wanders away, but like in the process wanders away and goes and finds his big brother and is like, this guy is mean to me. And then his big brother comes out and your consequence is that like, now you're the center of attention. Um, So pretty much everything is either like, social or physical combat in a sense Mm -hmm. or none of its combat it really just depends on how you want to look at it so but yeah if you want to play a bounty hunter to like kind of force yourself to be more like violence is the answer then hell yeah yes have we got some mods (laughs) for you my friend i um although there is a game not with any of these people that i play a bard and occasionally apparently i'm really bad at coming up with insults (laughs) And I'm just like, you're stupid. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's the simplest one that uh, has the most weight. Apparently the funniest one is it's two Annihilation, and there's a bunch of undead, and I at one point was really, it just went, the undead are an abomination, and it worked. Nice! Like... <laughs> I mean, luckily undead don't have, like, a great sense of humor either, so they were probably just like, uh... <laughs> rude <laughs> rude um yeah. rc my dude do you have an idea of what you want 
Or what were what was your old character? Because I'm so curious as to what still exists two well, years later. So I was say based on what I just saw mm-hmm. in the group chat, though, Dan, your character's information broker. Yeah. Okay, because that was what my old character was. But I can look at him. I can look over them again and come up with a new idea. But to to give you the idea, Emily. Uh, let me see. She was a information broker with okay. the perfection principles and denomination corpse dancers or curators. I, I, they're very, very different. <laughs> do you want to eat people and smear them all over your body or do you want to create art? They can be the same thing. I think I wrote them both down thinking I'll decide later and then okay. it never came up. Uh, and it was a uh, homo puri was the tech ID. With the, I'll say for reference, the mods I had were hypnotism, deployable cover, and glitter bomb. Okay, two of those still exist. Which are the two? Is one of them? Uh, glitter bomb absolutely still exists. Glitter bomb is oh, good. so good. It is. Oh god. And uh, hypnotism still exists, although I'm not. No, it is pouring. Yeah, hypnotism still exists. Uh, deployable cover doesn't. It might make its way back in there in some form, but I can guarantee you the mechanics are also different on them. But they're all in the book, so we can find you a third mod and change those rules. But like, I all right. So I had created. Um, she was she was a woman, um, and I was trying to like. I was like, that's what I came up with back in the day. So, like, again, if Dan has already... Cho- Jan kind of got dibs now on information brokers, so I'm just going to kind of look at my options sure. real quick. Because I would... I was saying, and Rachel, you were a bounty hunter, correct? Yep. Yeah, so it kind of sounds like we're crafting a group of manipulative fucks, which I'm into. <laughs> Super into it. Yeah, so you could either play another manipulative fuck or go, like, total white knight and just be constantly uncomfortable. I'm fine with either, really. I'm often end up playing the character that's uncomfortable with everyone else. Perfect. Like, Perfect. So that that should like, be your role play stretch goal here is to not be the player that's uncomfortable by everyone else, but be the one that's making everybody uncomfortable. So I, I, I do tend to find myself drawn like so. The three that I'm looking at right now are uh, scrapper, religious guide, or hot or high blood. Okay. So like, what do you think would be would be a, a fun mix in to given what you've just heard? I would say either, wait, so Scrapper, High Blood, or Religious Guide? Correct. I think either a Scrapper that is, like, getting shit to, like, funnel to these folks, or, like, is is kind of just, like, a skeezy sort of, like, yeah, I know where to get shit. You gotta pay me for it, though. Um, Or a... High blood, who is just so high up on your own shit that you just have like a posse of people that you can just be like, "Yeah, come on, my dudes, you get out here and do this work for me." <laughs> I would say I, I would say either one of those. If you wanted to play, it just kind of depends on whether you want to play like the entitled, like the like the entitled like this power came to me, or like the I am like the industrious work with my hands and get what I want sort of thing. I feel I feel I uh I guide more towards the the first one. Okay, high blood. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So I think I'm gonna go with a. I think I'm gonna go with a high blood. Nice. I. This will be a very very interesting group. <laughs> and you said that. Do you still want to be a a corpse dancer principalist or a curator? I guess you didn't decide. <laughs> I was gonna say I feel like given the the high blood nature, then I feel like curator is a more applicable one. Curator will be good. I've had a I've had a high blood 
corpse dancer, but yeah, for the sake of variety and for what I think you're going for, I think curate is good. Okay, and and what are the perfection principles again? So the perfection like, I know, principles. I know it's a religion, but no, that's that's actually good. So um, we can actually go in order, and we'll get right to that. So um, so everybody has their classes. Awesome. So we've got a bounty hunter, we've got an information broker, and we've got a high blood. Sweet. So indeed. What you will also need is your name and pronouns. If you need to think about those, that's totally fine. That's just kind of like a come up with your name and pronouns and um, we can roll them in. But if you have names, then like, let's go nuts. I already got it. Oh, what is it? Gallius. Oh, I like that a lot. Oh, that's really That is a really good. cool name. <laughs> Damn. Uh, what are your pronouns? Do you, do you know yet? He has. Okay. And then, uh, RC, what's your name? Uh, Nicole, Nick, N-I-K, Logan. Nice. Nice. She, her? Uh, she, her. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I still need to think of a name. That's fine. You still need to pick up your religion and stuff, too, so. Yeah. But it's, like, she, her. Sweet. Okay. So we got she, her, he, him, she, her. Uh, thinking of a name. Awesome. So, then the next step is religions. So, uh, there are, I'll go through them. There are four different religions. There's Aruvianism. Which is basically you revere uh, knowledge, understanding, um, ignorance is the ultimate sin. So, like, it's okay if you don't know something, but once you know that you don't know something, it is your, like, divine duty to, like, excise that that lack of information from you and, like, fill it with knowledge. Um, the keyword for the Arivians is, uh, is power. And the other one is, uh, the next one is the Mortali. So the Mortali are the Festum Mortalis. Uh, it means the Feast of Mortals. And they, people think of them as, like, the death worshippers, but, like, they're not, it's not quite that simple. They worship the, I, they worship the freedom that is found in accepting that you will someday die. So, they are, uh, they are very, they seem kind of, like, lackadaisical about death, but it's less that they're like, I don't give a shit if I die, and more like, why should I worry about this thing that I can do nothing about? I am inevitably going to die. I'm not going to spend my life being, like, stressed out about that. Um, the perfection principles, uh, the principalists, basically worship the concept of perfection. Now, that can be anything. Some of them are, some of them are like, uh, if you're not perfect by my standards, then I need to kill you, or I need to make you perfect, or like, whatever, but most principalists are like, perfection is something that you find for yourself, and you mold perfection in your in your own self. That can be anything. So like, RC's character is a curator, and a curator finds perfection in artistic expression. So whatever RC's character's concept of artistic perfection is, will be their like divine expression of perfection. So those are principalists. And then the left-hand path, otherwise known as the walkers, they walk the left-hand path. Um, they are an offshoot of Aruvianism, but they are Aruvianism without the dogma, and they're Aruvianism without the control of the church. Because the church says there is such a thing as blasphemous knowledge. There is knowledge that you should not know, and knowledge that you should, and knowledge that is just like straight up just wrong in the eyes of, of the serpent. And the left-hand path says that's bullshit. There's nothing wrong with it. Like all knowledge is neutral. It's what you do with it that makes you that makes it good or bad. So the left-hand path is pretty much like super anti-Aruvian. They're super about accrue whatever knowledge you can, um, which sometimes gets into weird like moral gray areas because they're like, no, 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 everybody needs to know about this thing. And it's like, okay, but maybe not everybody needs to know how to make a nuclear bomb. 
in their bathroom. Me. <laughs> Maybe not. But so so there's like that kind of uh, that difference between the Aruvians and the left-hand path is basically their treatment of knowledge and truth and uh, blasphemy and power and control. So the denominations of each of these, the Aruvians don't have a denomination. There's just the Church of Oribos. Um, I do have an expansion that, you know, we might play. We'll see. Yeah, think about it. That is going into the overgrowth, and there is a denomination of or uh, of Oravos in there called the uh, the Covenant of Raised Earth, and it's basically just a bunch of threshers. Religious civil war. Religious civil war. <laughs> the church doesn't really acknowledge them, but they still they're still doing it because they have chainsaws for arms. And what the fuck else are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> so the Aruvians, there's just the Church of Oribos. For the Mortali, you've got three different options. You've got the Chosen of Urkala, who are basically they feast on spite. They're spite babies. They're also me. And they are just like, they will viciously protect what is theirs and fuck anybody else, essentially. Um, then the Cult of Eternity are... The Cult of Eternity lives by a concept that one of my characters in my previous streams named herself after, which is, you only die once, otherwise known as Yodo. So that is their concept, is to just live life to the fullest and not necessarily seek death, but should you die, do it in the flashiest and best way possible. And finally, there's the Deathless, who are, they believe in leaving a legacy. So their concept of immortality is to leave something behind so that when they die, they've left something on Earth for people to remember them by. I was going to say, the Yodo reminds me of that one episode of Futurama where What's-His-Face is on the roof and he's like, I'm going to jump. And Bender's like, do a flip. Do a- <laughs> <laughs> Literally exactly that. We had a sun cannon once. It was great. Uh, so the Perfection Principles are the Principalists. You've got five different denominations because they are the primary religion in Delphia. They're like the homegrown Delphian religion. Uh, so there's a lot of them. So you've got the Founding Family, which... Uh, they advocate social dominance and survival at all costs. They are basically the mafia. So you climb to the top of the ranks in the founding family on the backs of people who are weaker than you. They are also kind of a bad guy, but again, it's kind of how you play them. So everybody, everybody is dynamic. So like, even though the Aruvians are kind of shitty and the founding family is kind of shitty, like I've had players play Aruvians and founding family who are sympathetic and engaging characters. So... Uh, Cabal of Silver Flesh are the robot worshippers we were talking about, who believe that man is inherent, like, uh, organic humans are inherently fault- faulty, so you can't actually create a perfect human. You have to create a robot and then put the human in it. So they're Apotheosis from, uh, Caprica. Uh, Corpse Dancers. Corpse Dancers eat people. They devour the unfit, <laughs> and they consume that which was not perfect enough to survive. So uh, they eat people. Some of them suffer from uh, a disease known as Sager syndrome, which is basically a fancy futuristic Kuru and prion disorder. So because they ate too many brains, they kind of just shake a lot and die in alleys. They're very sad. Uh, curators, which we discussed, are uh, connoisseurs of creative potential. Uh, they find perfection in artistic, uh, artistic exploits and um, expressing yourself in whatever way you want. And the children of grit, are those that worship Gritty. <laughs> well, they are... The Children of Grit are diametrically opposed to the Founding Family, and basically anybody who would say, you have to do this my way because I said so and because I am in power. They're pretty much... They're, they're Antifa. They're like... 
They're like, fuck you and your power systems. Let the people be free. Okay, wait, why didn't I notice that one? Because that's so me too. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't notice that when I was going through. I was like, whatever, okay, eat people, yada, 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 keep scrolling, keep scrolling. And then, like, I got to this, and damn it. You didn't notice it because I don't believe it was added in 4.0. That's why, because I was only reading 4.0. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, I need to give these guys 5.0, because there's been enough changes that it's going to be a pain in the ass if they don't have it. Um, so yeah, the children of Grip basically are just, they worship the wild-eyed monsters, and they are, like, the revolutionaries and the liberators. They are very good friends with the left-hand path. Like, they are just bosom buddies with the walkers. Can I, can I change and give Robert his thing back? Yeah, if you want to, that's fine. (laughs) Wait, you're not gonna be an information broker anymore? I mean, you could also still be an information broker, child of Grip principalist, as opposed to a walker, uh, reconstructionist. Yeah, because that's, I'm... Do it. Do it. We've had one in every campaign. We've got to have a Child of Grit in every one. (laughs) Yeah. It's canon. Yeah, it's me. It's me. Okay. Uh, And, hold on, wait. Yeah, because I think those would be the only two things that you would have to change would be your denomination and your religion, and everything else can stay the same. And again, they're very good friends with the Walkers. Like, they live in Temple University, and the the Children of Grit basically protect the Walkers and, like, let them kind of work with impunity underground. And create, like, they, they have, like, illegal servers, and they have, like, illegal information. Yes, that's, yes, that's me. Awesome. This, this feels like a worthwhile question. Is Temple University, 300 years from now, is Temple University a temple? It's, it is. It is a temple to the wild-eyed monsters. It just seemed, it seemed right. <laughs> God fucking bless. <laughs> yep. God fucking bless. Um, so wait, so my, uh, overarching religion is perfectionist now? Yeah. Yeah, so you'd be worshiping the perfection principles, and uh, the basically the the children of grit don't worship perfection as a like concrete thing so much as the concept of equality and like achieving equality as the state of perfection for all people. See, because like the thing that like with the whole the way I view it is like as like a child fuck as a child of grit and uh, like being an information broker is that like. It kind of fall, falls back on that, like, idea that, like, I pretty much, like, it's like 99% of my philosophy is that which can be destroyed by the truth should be. Yes! Yes! That's perfect. You are, like, you are, like, that is the perfect philosophy for, like, walkers and children of grit. Yeah, that's why I was, like, as soon as you said that, I was, like, God, that's so me. Yeah, that is, that is 100%, 100% true. That actually is really good. I might, if you don't mind, use that for the tagline for the walkers. I mean, I didn't come up with it. Like, I, I have a button that says that. that That's I fantastic. Some store. So, I mean, I guess it's free market. I don't know. You know what? As a child of grit, it is now. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck the man. <laughs> That's not what a free market is. <laughs> it's the future. There is no market. All right, awesome. Um, so that brings us to the left-hand path, of which there are three different denominations. There are the Lelitu, who are, um, there are three different aspects of Oravos, and the walkers basically take the, like, Oravos is unity, and walkers are individualism. So uh, the Aruvians basically take, excuse me, uh, Samael, Lilith, and um, Eve, and they smoosh them into one, divine entity known as Oravos, they refer to they refer to them as they and they're all about like unity and coming together and power through through being together whereas the left hand path is like fuck it that corrupts um and like we shouldn't erase our individualism so they basically pull out all of the different aspects of 
the Aruvian deities, and so they worship Lilith, Eve, and Samael separately. So mm. Mm. the Lilithu are Lilith's army of demons. So they are the protectors of the truth. They're the more like martial law of the left hand path who are like they they walk the walk and they go and punch people that need it. Uh the Reconstructionists are they they're a little bit chiller. They're a little bit more like maybe we can find common ground. Maybe we don't have to murder all the Aruvians. Uh they know that they're in the minority. Um and they're really big on like community growth and protecting people and uh establishing like good sustainable communities no matter what your religion is. And then the keepers are those that um they guard and curate knowledge. So they are they're your hackers. They're your uh people who are going out there and putting information into the undercores, which are the illegal servers. Um, so they're basically just really big on like historical knowledge and modern knowledge and putting that in a place that anybody can achieve it. Everybody I think has a religion and a denomination except for Rachel. Yeah. I was looking at, uh, between the, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing things All right. So the, well, the Lilith, like the Lily too. Yeah. Lily too. And the reconstructionist. But I like I think with a bounty hunter, the Lily Two sounds like yes. it goes more with that. That super sounds like it goes with that. Yeah. So Also for the love of God, please somebody play a Lily Two. Okay, then I will. So your religion would be left hand path and your denomination would be Lily Two. So I have a question regarding the denominations. What is the relationship like between the de- denominations within like a religion? Like so if I am going to play a uh, curator and Dan is is a child of grit. Like you know, what is the relationship like between those two? <laughs> Love it. So, for the most part, your denominations are just kind of like you say you're a Christian, but somebody is Baptist, and one person is Lutheran, and one person is Presbyterian, and like you probably kind of get along, right? Right. Maybe you don't agree on everything, but, like, for the most part, you're like, we're Christians. Cool. Let's, like, we can go to church together or whatever. At least I think so. As a non-Christian, I can only assume that that's how it is. Uh, You would be surprised. I don't think I would be. (laughs) But, like, like, it's that level of differences. It's, like, like, theological differences, but on the overarching level, you agree, with some very blatant exceptions. The children of grit absolutely 100% loathe the founding family. The children of grit at any opportunity will fuck over the founding family. They're both principalists. They fucking hate each other. Gotcha. The corpse dancers, it kind of depends. So like the corpse dancers uh, for a religion that is mostly like all about perfection and cleanliness and organization and order The corpse dancers also agree with all of that, but their idea of cleanliness and organization and order is eating corpses and covering themselves in dead bodies. So they're kind of looked at a little bit like the redheaded stepchild of the principalists. And because many of them, not many of them, but like it's a stereotype that like, oh, you're a corpse dancer, you're going to turn into a sagger. Like, but because some of them do succumb to prion disease and those become like, like vermin in the alleys that need to be exterminated. Mm. They're kind of looked at in that disparaging light. So like the corpse dancers are sometimes kicked around a little bit by the other principalists and the children of grit and the founding family do not get along. But otherwise, for the most part, okay. everybody within their religions kind of are chill with each other. And like gotcha. other religions are usually chill with each other too. It's it all depends first of all, on how you want to play it. Um, but the only like overarching sort of like issues that people have are with the Aruvians because the Aruvians are coming in and colonizing their 
their city. I was going to say, as a as a as a power hungry Slytherin who would like control removed from him from his cold dead corpse, uh, yep. every finger pulled pulled off to get to it. Uh, I was going to say, I felt a pull towards the Aruvian, but I feel like I'm still going to stick with curators because I feel like I can get a similar there's there's a similar aspect I can bring to that still. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like. Again, the Aruvians, like, there's such a spectrum of Aruvians. Like, you could be an Aruvian who gets along with other religions. It's just like, we kind of think that maybe your religion is trying to take our take us over, maybe. Right. But also, the Aruvians are bringing in a lot of resources. They're bringing in a lot of food, a lot of uh, work, a lot of uh, stuff that, like, these starving people of Delphia are like, yeah, you know what? Sure, I'll join your religion if it means that I can eat in the morning. You know? So they are giving things to Delphia, it's just, there's always that, like, lingering idea that maybe there's a catch. Okay. Um, also, because, and I've been thinking about this ever since I chose the High Blood um, uh, template. Has anyone here ever seen the show Bones? Yes. Nope. Alright. Yeah. Archie, do you not know this about me? <laughs> no. I've seen every episode of Bones. <laughs> do you remember the Gormagon? Yes. <laughs> Because I think I might be taking some inspiration from the Gormagon. That's so good. Oh my god. The worst part is, when you said, have you seen Bones? I was like, he's gonna talk about the Gormagon. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> where my head went. The, the, the Gormagon season ended, and the next season I was like, I don't know why I'm watching this. This peaked. This peaked. <laughs> they, had a, they had a serial killer who made who made statues out of bones. There's no more this can... That, that's not who I consider, like, the scariest of the reoccurring villains. I didn't watch enough after that to really <laughs> have another say after it. And but I like this idea of like a highborn person who's you know somewhat of a stereotype of a serial killer. Wait, what the fuck is the plot of Bones? Isn't it like a Law and Order, but like not? Yeah, but occasionally they'll have like a reoccurring villain. Yeah, she's a forensic anthropologist. I actually saw it in my forensic anthropology osteology class in college. Well, on that note, let's talk about your tech IDs. <laughs> So your tech IDs are uh, basically what flavor of modification you have. Uh, you can only have one. You can't mix them. Uh, you can either be a Tavarian, which is essentially a cyborg. You can be an Electrogen, which is a mutant. Or you can be a Homopuri, which is a gadget-wielding superhero. So basically it's do you want to put metal in your body, on your body, or do you want to inject yourself with DNA? I want to be a mutant. Yeah, you do. And RC, I think you said that you're Puri. Yeah, I just, and I also, the more I think about this character, the more that I feel that that fits. Yeah, it super does. It's Oh, it super does. You pretentious fuck. <laughs> and I was like, I have- well, that, is, that is helpful, because I, I was going to be a Traver. Nice, we got one of each. I was like, I have two modes, pretentious and control hungry. So, because, guys, cyborg bounty hunter. Nice. Yes. God, this is so good. Awesome. So you guys know your ideas. I just can't resist the gay analogy from mutants. Like, <laughs> I mean, you just, I hate to break it to you. This entire game is a gay analogy. Oh, man. Uh, the entirety of the Church of Oravos, like all of the Aruvian lore, is an excuse to have a transgender god. So. Yeah. There was one point where I was like, how do I make this gayer? Ah, uh, I can how do that. Make this gayer. That's I literally like. I'm constantly thinking like, how can I make this gayer and less white? Hmm. <laughs> so we are at the uh, 
the nitty gritty and the fun part where you get to pick your street smarts and your modifications. So I will briefly explain what those are. I need you to know that every time I read street smarts in this thing, I just have John Mulaney going, street smarts! (laughs) Exactly. I aspire to have at least some aspect of my creative offerings be playing in your your dreams and nightmares. So it's (laughs) good that I'm off to a good start here. So your... The general construct of how roles happen is you will construct a narrative. And a narrative starts with your goal, and then you tell me what it is, what's going on, and then we roll to figure out if there's a consequence. So with the aforementioned um, dude falling out of the, the building, right? So you would say, my goal is to... Your goal can be... It has to be something simple. So um, you wouldn't say, like, my goal is to push that guy out of the window into the bushes so that he gets scratched up. You would say, my goal is to attack the guy, or my goal is to push the guy, or something like that. Um, and so you'll say, my goal is to push the guy out the window. That's fine. That's totally fine. So then you would tell how you go about doing it. So you would look at your street smarts and you would look at your modifications and you'd be like, all right, can I use any of these to help me tell a cool story about pushing this guy out the window? With that being the culmination of your narrative. Now, your mods and your street smarts don't have to necessarily exactly correlate with you pushing this guy out the window. It could be like you have, say, urban parkour as a street smart and you've got... um. Uh, what did we ended up calling those? I don't know, fucking big-ass stilts um, as a modification. And you're like, awesome. I see this guy, like, looking out this window, and he's looking at me funny. So I am going to use my my uh, urban parkour from where I'm standing over here with all of you fine individuals, and I'm going to fault myself over a shell of a car, and I'm going to do a backflip over a dude that's watching me like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And I'm going to kick him in the face in the process because fuck you, dude. And I'm going to get up to the building, and as I run towards the building, jumping over objects, my stilts are going to extend, and they're going to extend more until they get me up right next to this dude. And I'm going to grab the dude, and I'm going to pull him out the window as leverage to pull myself in, right? So that's your narrative. Awesome. So you, so I guess your goal ended up being pulling the guy out the window. But you used your, your stilts and you used urban parkour. So you get a plus two to your narrative because you get plus one for each one of the things that you use. You can only use one street smart and one modification in each narrative. There are other things that will eventually show up that can potentially add to your narrative. Um, but you can only use one of each per narrative. So you would roll 2d6. Add that. I would roll 2d6, add whatever the volatility of the community is, which is a static thing that I roll at the beginning. It can be 1 to 6. And it basically stands for, like, how fucked this place is. If it's a 1, you know, it's standard fucked. If it's a 6, it's super fucked. Um, and that can be, like, lifted and changed via mods, street or via mods, um, items, actions that you take, hazards that are in place. Uh, so it can kind of fluctuate a little bit, but basically, like, 6 is fucked. One is only a little fucked. <laughs> um, so your role would again be plus your mod, plus your street smart. You tell your narrative. Awesome. We roll. If you roll lower than me, you get a consequence. And that's going to be a narrative consequence that's also going to have a mechanical aspect. So you pull the guy out the window and in the process lose your balance and fall over backwards. You get a concussion stress. So your stress is going to last with you through the duration of the exploit. So long as it is not a specifically prolonged stress, it goes away at the end. Um, so essentially... Your street smarts and your mods help you not take stress. 
Uh, they also ha- they're also kind of writing prompts for you to be like, what do I do in this situation? I don't know. What mods do I have? Oh, I can erupt fire from my face. I'm going to figure out a way to put that into this story. So they're writing prompts. They're also uh, mechanical crutches. I'm not going to read through all of the street smarts and all of the mods because that will be a lot of content. However, um, if, so we can, we can do this in a couple of ways. Either you can look through them and come up with some on your own time, or if you want to like pick some out and ask me some questions about it, um, we can do that. That was my thing was like, I was looking at like (laughs) for, uh, what is it? The thing where I'm a mutant or whatever. What is that called? Uh, uh, electrogen. It's electrogenetics. I was was looking at uh, the ones that are there, and I'm like, like, not, like, really feeling Mm -hmm. most of them. Like, maybe one of them. Okay. So, also, know that uh, the mods are very abstract, so that you can describe them however you want. So, your your bone shaker, for instance, um, could be that you can dislocate your shoulders. It could be that, like, you literally remove parts of your skeleton and set them aside or something. Like, um, you can kind of describe it in whatever way you want. Um, so flavor-wise, it's entirely 100% up to you. Mechanically, so there are... So a lot of these are going to have, like, um, goals. So, like, Bone Shaker. When you use it in conjunction with an enter, escape, or hide goal, you can rem- you can move uh, roll twice and take the better roll. Which, essentially, it's, uh, it's like you have advantage in D&D. So if you are like, I described this cool narrative where I crunch my bones into a duct and I pop out the other side. Um, and I really don't want to pop out the other side into a pit of snakes. Um, so you roll and you roll like a four and I roll like a 15 and you're like, well, fuck, I'm going to roll again because you used an enter goal. Um, you can use it with any goal. You don't like, you don't have to only use it with the goals that are listed. If you want to like, use bone shaker to do a funky dance and distract somebody fuck yeah you can do that you just get a flat plus one but if you wanted to get the bonus of like doing your roll again you would have to use one of those three goals does that make sense Mm -hmm. so how um of the of the i'm looking over the list of mods and street smarts how many of each do you pick oh they so each of your social classes comes with one street smart that is specific to your social class so you get two more Street smarts, and you get three total mods. There's also the section at the end that says um, general mods, which can anybody can use. You just have to describe them oh. as though they are part of like if like if you wanted to use one as an electrogen, and you're like I'm gonna take crossfitist, you would just have to describe that in like a mutant sort of way as opposed to like a cybernetic sort of way. Okay. So if you're not feeling any of the electrogen mods, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six more of the uh, uh, of the general mods that you could also use. So, um, and I'm sorry. So it was we have one street smart that is already built into our our class, yep. and then we get two more street yeah. smarts and how many mods? Three mods. Three mods. If you look at your social class, there it's listed out. So you'll see your first street smart, and then there's two other blank slots. And okay. then you'll see your mod section, and there's three blank slots. So just fill up all of those. Okay, okay. Because I have the ones from my ori- original one, which were uh, the hypnotism, deployable cover, and glitter bomb. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, let me see. Deployable cover is the only one that's not there anymore. Right. And I'm still feeling hypnotism, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm looking over the other ones. Um, I do like Glitter Bomb, though. I was going to say, what level of fabulous do you want to be? Because uh, like, it is literally a bomb of glitter. <laughs> like, you mean the character, like, what, uh, what, how, uh, how positively extra is this character? Oh, yes. I mean, I'm ra- imagining a very rich, spoiled kid uh, who's Perfect. also murderous. Who's also mur- I mean, that's that sounds exactly like the flavor of Delphia that I was hoping for. So, yes. And I feel like hypnotism fits in with that because like being like being good at lying, which I did notice that one of the street smarts I had previously was sycophant, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, as far as I could see, oh, it doesn't because my sycophant does exist. It is just well. specifically for a class. So I think Sycophant oh. is actually on um, Information Broker. It's on me. It's for information, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, um, I ended up, I got a lot of feedback from people that were saying there were too many options, so I cut them down a lot. Um, oh. Of course, after after I get all of my backer information, uh, most of that is going to be making more street smarts and mods, so it's going to be back up to an unreasonable amount of uh, choices, but that's <laughs> fine. I think I picked my gadgets. Oh yeah, what you got? I'm going to go with Glitter Bomb, and I'm going to go with Hypnotism, yes. and for my new third one, I'm going to do Autonomous Unit, because I feel like a rich a rich kid god, yes. would have a, what, a rich kid serial killer would have a robot butler. Oh my god, I was going to say, you're going to have a robot butler? Fucking yes. Please note that part of using the Autonomous Unit is making a robot voice. Eager, eager. God, yes. I have to say, as someone who loves, like, references to things, I, I'm loving just, like, going through this and reading. <laughs> I'm so glad. I, uh, if I could, I would be a professional uh, flavor text writer. Pretty sure I'm going to choose Shock Piston, and part of it is just because it says come on and slam. Uh, my wife's obsession with Space Jam is almost embarrassing, but mostly precious. Okay, I got my Street Smarts and my Modifications. Would be sycophant. Nice. I mean, because that was given to me. Um, free agent. Nice. Nobody tells me what to do. Fuck yeah. Wasn't meant to be working. Yada yada yada. Obviously gritty. Engineer. You're good at using electricity to power technology, depower systems, and sabotage buildings, devices, and occasionally people. Nice. Yes. Awesome. Modification. Perfect instinct. Adding salt to the wound you created. <laughs> Chanel number five. Yes. <laughs> there were five bottles left in America, and you drank them all. When you exude a pleasing scent that prevents a target from reacting with hostility toward you for a round. When used in conjunction with a befriend, persuade, or calm goal, you may roll twice and take the better roll. Yes. And then for the little surprise one, bone shards. Uh, I can... Because, <laughs> you know, when you're in a pickle, you gotta get yourself out. Oh my god. Bone shards is like... Like, it's one of my guilty pleasure mods where I'm just like, I just want beautiful female presenting babes to just like rip bones out of their body and just be like it's my ideal woman (laughs) that's what i always liked and i think it's x-men 3 like the original like series of like x-men movies where uh gene goes bad uh that they have for like a split second the mutant who like he keeps getting like the bone daggers out of his arms and i always thought he was so cool and they, they were just like yeah by the way he's in here for like 30 seconds have fun with that oh that's awesome now you <sighs> can be that yeah rc did you have your street smarts i forgot 
Uh, well, I have pure confidence, which is like the built-in one of yes. the of the high bloods. Uh, I'm looking at um, avoidance. Uh, the shadows are your only okay. comfort, affording you a certain je ne sais quoi when it comes to sneaking around where you don't belong. Narrative must include moving through darkness or shadows unseen, and that feels like something my character would have. Um, the other one I was considering oh, was yeah. gallows humor. Uh, oh yeah, not set on it yet, but I'm thinking about it. I'm looking at other ones. Like, is it, it's either gonna be gallows humor? It was gallows humor, free agent, or cat like grace. Okay, so the thing with street smarts is again they don't stack so i would go for variation over like narrowing and i feel like you've got avoidance which might sometimes overlap with cat like grace so i would go with either free agent or gallows humor if you want to be like a huge prick and just make jokes at people's trauma then go with gallows humor see I do feel like I would do that. I feel like I'm going to go with free agent only because pure confidence, I feel, kind of overlaps uh, with the gallows humor in terms of, like, using your words, like, as a personality-based thing. Yeah, the only difference between them is that it doesn't specify you have to make terrible puns. This is true. Um, so I, I'm still looking okay. at street sports, but I have put uh, shock right. pistons, uh, maglev, nice. lifts, and lash. Nice! Oh, yes! You're just an electro babe. I love it. Yeah. I love Lash. Lash just like, pew, here, I'm just going to slap you with this this electric whip. That's definitely an 80s song. Basically, I'm trying to make the opposite of Ruby, guys. Nice. Is, is accurate. Oh, and I decided her name was Ava. Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Did you enjoy uh, Ex Machina? I was just there for Oscar Isaac, honestly. <laughs> Hey out there. I hope you're loving Harsh Generation. Uh, remember that this is part one of two, so we're sending all of these new characters into the fray in the next episode, and uh, there's not going to be an intel drop this week. Feels weird to do that in like this kind of special episode, so we're just going to keep right on track. But if, of course, you want to play or check out Harsh Generation or learn more beyond what we talk about in this episode or the next, be sure to check out their website at harshrpg.net. Alright, let's get back to the show. Awesome. Um, okay. So did you guys have any questions? I know you're still working on your street smarts and that's totally fine. Um, did you all have any questions about any aspect of your card so far? Uh, what is my tech ID? Your tech ID is, um, you are an electrogen. Um, so I think the only other things that are not, that we haven't talked about is favor, which you all start with some favor, depending on what your class is. And favor is, it's the currency of Delphia. So it is literally your reputation with your church. You gain it, you lose it, you spend it. It's kind of like a fluid system. Uh, you're going to get these things that are called tenets that are, um, yeah, there's, there's, so I'll get to it when we actually figure out when we're going to do the next, the next stream where we actually play, but I'll give you guys a list of the things that you should probably have at least printed off, if not printed and cut out. It can just be like on a sheet of paper. It's fine. Um, it should be easier to have in front of you. Since we're not in the same room with each other, y'all have to do it. Um, so each one of you will have tenets. You have tenets and prohibitions. And your tenets are things you should do as a member of this church. You should do this thing. And uh, if you do it over the course of a narrative or the course of an exploit, then you will get more favor. And then your prohibitions are things you should not do. And if you do them, then you lose favor. So 
Uh, they're basically just more like writing prompts and more uh, things that you can build off of and things that you can like kind of help shape your character while your character is interacting with the world. Um, and then you can spend your favor on mods. You can spend your favor on resting. You can spend your favor on getting fa- like literally use it to get favors. Be like, I want to specifically see a uh, a scholar because we need a scholar for our crisis. So I'm going to put in some favor and I'm going to like ask a guy and I'm going to, you know, in our next exploit, we're definitely going to see a scholar. Um, so there's a bunch of ways uh, that you can spend favor. I'm kind of still working on the nuances of it, but that's what favor is. You've also got your special, which bounty hunter special for you, Rachel, you are going to, at the start of every, at the start of a crisis, which we may or may not do because it's good. A crisis takes like four to five hours. So we might do something a little bit smaller, but I'll work on it. But either way, you'll be able to pick um, a person feature. So there are, I want to say like 15 different person features. It's probably going to be more again after I get through all the backer requests. But basically you're going to be like, my bounty is a merchant. So then if we get into an exploit and there's a merchant and you kill that merchant... You will get, I think, what is it, favor? Yeah, you get three favor at the end of the exploit because you completed your bounty. So you basically are, like, spinning the wheel of, I'm waiting to see this person. When that person shows up, if you kill them, you get favor. So that's that's your special. Okay. And so what I just, because you were saying, like, a merchant. So, like, do I just, like, if we see a merchant, I can decide it was that merchant? Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to, okay. there are cards that we're going to pick from to help. Uh, build your scenarios, which I will honestly just tell you as we do it, because it's going to be easier to just be like, let's build it as we go. But you'll be like, mm-hmm. say say it's an angler, and like, cool, we pulled an angler, and I don't know if you can see this, but pretend that you can. Um, so like, here's okay. an angler, <laughs> and then you see an angler, and you're like, yeah, um, that's the one that's my bounty, because the story is entirely molded and up to you. We're going to create the scenarios okay. before we walk into them. I'm literally, it's literally Mad Libs. So I'm going to pull three cards, ask you a shitload of questions. Perfect. And in those, que- as part of those questions, you can be like, I know that angler, that's the one that I'm getting paid to kill. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can absolutely just make it yours. For the information okay. broker, you have the gaslight goal. So anytime somebody gives you a social stress. So you're interacting with somebody, you get a lower role, and you take, like, the uh, the spotlight. You're, like, like, you're talking to somebody, and they start yelling, and you're like, oh, shit, everybody's watching me. So, like, if everybody's watching you, you can't be stealthy. You can't, like, get away with shit, right? Because everybody's watching you for the, like, they all know you're there. You can, on your next turn, be like, it wasn't me, it was this guy. And then you can use the gaslight goal to make everybody go, oh, <laughs> It was that guy. Fuck that guy. While well, you're like, whew, I don't have that stress anymore. <laughs> so again, you have to do it on the person that gave it to you. But you can basically just push that go- push that stress right back onto them if it's a social stress. So that is the information broker's special. You can do that whenever. Uh, RC, you get to pick any community off of the map. I'm, I was just uh, looking at the map and I'm and uh, trying to decide on my on my my zone. I would recommend picking one that's a principalist area, but if you come up with a good story as to why it's not, that's also fine. Well, um, I'm looking. The two I've been stuck between are both principalist ones: uh, Temple okay. and uh, the Fusion Plant. Oh, okay. I'm trying to decide what kind of rich asshole I am. <laughs> <laughs> am I a radioactive rich asshole, or am I a well-educated rich asshole? <laughs> well, it has to be somewhere. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, where do I keep where do I keep my my bone statues? That's, that's fair. 
I feel like I feel like around um, learned individuals, <laughs> there would be. I can't decide if they would be more or less accepting in this apocalyptic universe of my of my bones. Tattoo. They're they're filled. It's filled with children of grit and walkers. So they'd probably be like, yeah, you can put it over there in the library. So yeah, I'm feeling like <laughs> that would also potentially that would also potentially give you a good uh, networking base for um, Gallius. Is his name? Yeah. That would also give you a, a good a good narrative base for like why you and Gallius know each other. True. If you're from this, if you're from like the and same place. And what's the undercore again? Uh, so undercores are um, did nobody picked a walker, right? Correct. See how every community has or every religion has different communities, and you can go to those communities and you can spend your favor and you can like do things and whatnot. Uh, the left hand path, by virtue of essentially being hunted by the Church of Oravos and not really willing to put down roots, have only one community, and it's, like, way ass far up north. But, because they mechanically need to be able to use their favor and play the game, anywhere that has an undercore in it, you can treat as a left-hand path community for the purposes of resting and spending favor and going to the black market. Okay. So they only hold territory in one area, but they have uh, network ability in others. Yeah, they basically, like, an undercore is a, it's an illegal server. Like So it's, like, okay. in, like, a, like, in, like, a, a subway or something, you might have, like, just rooms filled with old servers that have, like, shitloads of old information in them. And that's where, like, the left-hand path go to leverage their favor, get things. Like, that's where they have their arsenals and their armories and whatnot. They're, like, these mobile areas that they can take from place to place. Okay. And, like, hide from people. Cool. So, yeah, mechanically they act as left-hand path communities. So, yeah, I for my special area, though, I think I'm going to choose Temple. Nice. That's that's good. Yeah, so whenever you're there, you can, um, uh, bah, 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 uh, you can leverage your name recognition. So you can use favor and items at the black market if it ends up being cheaper for you that way. Um, the black market is the only place that you can swap, directly swap items. So if you were to go to the black market, you can... Um, if you're like, well, shit, I have two, I have a kinesio hacker and I have a a generator, but I really need some supplements and we haven't been able to find them. So I'm going to go to the black market and I'm going to trade these two items. You can go there and be like, you know what? You know who I am. Give me that and trade to favor, which is arguably easier to get than items instead of trading items for stuff. Right. So you can basically okay. use whatever is cheaper for you at that specific community because people know you so well. Okay. And I can send my robot butler, who I've decided to name Winston. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you absolutely fucking can. In fact, I want to see this happen. Um, okay. So that's all your specials. We talked about favor. Um, got religions, names, denominations, tech IDs. A cat is licking my foot. Awesome. So... Your stress track is um, every time you get a stress, you add it to your stress track. So if you get up to five stress, um, you're a hella stressed out, which means you either die or retire or you um, lose a mod in a really egregious way. So basically, like, you get stressed out and something not nice happens to you. It's totally up to you. If you're like, I'm done with this character and this would be a really cool way to, like, send them off into the sunset, you can do that. If you're like... I'm really into this character and I don't want them to die, then you could take a malfunctioning mod, which um, we can read the rules if we get there, which basically just like fuck up your mod for a while. And it's funny because you have to narrate it as being fucked up. So hopefully it should be like kind of harsh, but also kind of funny if it happens. Kind of harsh generation. So basically just like 
So basically manage your stress accordingly. Um, and that leads us to networking. So networking is 100% up to you guys. Networking is how you all know each other. So we have already established that uh, Gallius and Nick are from the same area, at least. So that's that's one potential link that the two of you could have. So on each of your pages, on each of your sheets, there are optional networking uh, networking questions. So you can take those and you can ask each other or be like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, and like, feel free to elaborate to like, change them up a little bit. Like, you don't have to take them word for word. It's kind of like to get the creative juices flowing. You can also just come up with shit that you're like, oh, I, this thing that you have, like, wouldn't it be cool if like I gave you that mod or something? So that is entirely up to you guys to figure out how you know each other and why you're working together. Because at the end of the game, you are all helping each other to survive in some some fashion that would make you inclined to like not immediately throw each other under the bus if a bus came by. Um, Well, I thought of something which I could have done, like, and this I kind of got from like one of the options it had, but I could have done like hits for like rich dude over here. Oh, I like that. Rich gal. Trust fund kid. No, I said rich kid, which can be either gender. Uh, Yeah. Done hits for you, you're ro- or maybe you're a robot butler. Oh my god, knows? I love that. Do you know, like, what, what hits she's done, or just, like, some random shit that you're like, take care of it for me? I feel like my character knows her limits of, like, her murderous abilities, but, like, you know, might have hired, what, what was it, Ava? Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, if Ava's such a badass, I could see Nicole hiring her, because, like, what is it, Electrogens? If if I was like if Nicole Nicole might have wanted like electrogen parts for his, for one of her artistic pieces, uh, or uh, organs or whatever, but like didn't want to take the chance of actually fighting one. Nice. Or maybe they're like some political rivals that you were like, I can't be the one to kill you, but I can hire somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. I don't. I don't. Th- I never thought of uh, Nicole as a political character. Well, you're a high blood, so like maybe you're like you have some sort of power that you're pulling from. So probably people that hate you. It could be like even you don't really care about politics, but like someone in your family wanted to yeah, do this, exactly. and you're like, well, I have to take care of. Yeah, them. it doesn't have to be politics. Like politics as like a grand overarching concept. Okay. There really aren't politics. Yeah. It's more like religion and anger. I was gonna say, is there anything equivalent no, to a government? There's no government. <laughs> The closest thing you have to a government is, like, individual communities that have a community leader and, like, a basic social structure, but it doesn't extend past the boundaries of that, like, ten blocks. So no parent-teacher association? Uh, you know what? There might be one, but, oh god, that would be hilarious. Brave of you to assume that there are schools. I just, did you just assume that they have schools? <laughs> no homeowners associations? I, like, honestly, there is, there is no- Check your privilege. Check your night. Check your 2019 privilege, guys. Check your pre-blackout privilege. So one of my favorite things is bringing in like things that like we have today, like a PTA or a homeowners association, and putting them in a harsh context <laughs> and just like twisting it and just being like, "What the fuck is this? Like, it's a homeowners association, but like if you plant your flowers wrong, then you die by public execution or something." Like, no, that's already how it is. It really is. You're not wrong. Be safe out there, kids. I've I have seen the lottery. So there's no like overarching government by any means. There's no overarching infrastructure. So like if you go to a place that has electricity, 
They must be fucking well off, and it's probably hooked up to a generator outside, because, like, there is no electrical grid. There is no internet. There are no phone service. There is no overarching anything. If you have it, it's because you and your, like, 10-block community, like, worked your asses off to make sure that it was available. So, it's still, it can absolutely happen. It's just insular. Rachel, who did you kill for me, then? When- um, you're the one who's supposed to decide who I kill. I just kill people. Like, <laughs> um, I could have, wait, is there, like, <laughs> what if I kill, because you, like, do, like, like, arts, like, one of your things, right? Yeah. What if I just killed, like, an art credit for you? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I can see my character being so petty. Also, I like the idea that there's still art critics. <laughs> like, everyone's a critic, Robert. <laughs> Like, in my neighborhood, there's some form of publication, and I didn't like what they had to say about my art. Oh my god, yes, you fucking murdered an art critic, I love it. And I also hope it's like they- it, I also hope- it, like, it wasn't even that they were like, this is awful, they're like, it was fine. It was <laughs> They just didn't praise it! They did not see the perfection I had wrought. <laughs> I've seen worse! <laughs> That's fucking beautiful. For their failure to understand my perfection. God, I fucking love that, that is beautiful. Or what if they even were like, it was good, but not perfect, and they were like, it was perfect, you Oh must my die. god, you had to murder them because they were besmirching your good name. So, um, how does Gallius know, folks? Because I just used, and I want to make sure, are, what are your pronouns? Oh, she, her. Thank you. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, how do I know these fuckers? Um... <laughs> Options include dirt on character, and they know it. Uh, they once tried to hire you to dig up secrets. Oh my god, no, I totally knew that you had her kill somebody. Fuck, yes. Because you both live in yeah. Temple. You assume I kept that secret. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I'm just saying, like, as though I try, as though I kept my, as though I keep my murders a secret. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I know where that artistic femur came from. I was gonna say, maybe, like, what if you know some of, some of, uh, some of her other murders that maybe she didn't want people to know about? That could be something. You have to, like, determine what they are. Some of the ones you did off the books. What, what are they, what are they called? Not the first family, a founding family. Yeah. You kill somebody in the founding family and I know you did it. Oh, no. <laughs> I know you did it, and I'm a little jealous because fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Tell me it more. Feels like, it feels like the kind of thing, like, the first family would have, like, a, a, a reward out for the name, like, finding out who killed this person. Oh, yeah. Ooh, no, I set somebody, no, I set somebody up for you. Oh, that's even better. That's even Ooh. better. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I like that too because that puts you in good with the first family. Because and I can use like my 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 tech skills for that. Because like I have that like what is it called engineering, and I could like use like my computer skills. Sure. And, and like you and, and and you guys have a lot of I would imagine Walker friends that you could just be like, hey guys, can you do me a solid and like help me rig this up? And they'd be like, uh, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go hang out at the at the undercore and make this work. Oh, that's so good that you fucking created a patsy. Of, like, some schmo who took the fall for this shit. Because that's good. Cause, but, like, like, I'm not, like, a complete asshole. Like, they deserve the oh, absolutely. for, like, a different reason. Absolutely. Yeah. So you got two birds with one stone. No, what you... It totally should be they set up somebody else in the first family. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I was going to suggest that the art critic was part of the first family. Oh, my God. I keep wanting to call them the Fitter family, but that's what they used to be. And then I was like, maybe don't name your characters after eugenics, Emily. You, wait, wait, you avoided the first rule, Emily. Which is that? Always alliterate. Always alliterate. <laughs> I know. 
Well, now they're the founding family, and it's very Philadelphia. They like to think that they founded the city. They didn't. Well, they kind of did. But that's cool. So you... I think... I was just... Occasionally, some of your references are lost to me, because I think I'm the only one here who's never lived in Philadelphia. Oh, I've never lived in Philly. I just... I'm like an hour and a half away from it, so... Yeah. And Chris used to go to, my wife used to go to uh, Temple. So I get a lot of information from her and a lot of my friends live there. Well, luckily you don't really need to know anything about Philadelphia in order to appreciate the game. Um, Because, again, I don't live in Philly. So most of my references to Philadelphia are all like tongue in cheek pulled from other people who do live in Philly. Who would be like, this would be really cool if you had that there. But like, you do not need to have like a strong Mm -hmm. knowledge of of Philadelphia in order to be able to play Harsh Gen at all. Yeah. And I'm a military brat, so I've moved Got it. a lot. Got it. Actually, technically I have lived in the Northeast, but I that was a baby, count. and we moved before I remember that, I was anything. born in Baltimore. I don't know shit about it. Yeah. So Gallius helped create a patsy for Ava? But that's like, that's not my real name. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's like my online name. <laughs> it's your call sign. Yeah. Because like, if you know my name, that's like too much information for you to have. Got it. I love that, that that's your secret. So Gallius set up a patsy for Ava's murder, one of Ava's murders, and Ava murdered someone on my request. Um, So I just know you through Ava then, presumably? As you know. Nice. Okay. Nice. (laughs) I might know you. Okay, so you all know each other through murder. That's great. That's how best friends are made. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. So you've you've all essentially helped each other either kill somebody or cover up a murder for somebody. So what I am going to need from y'all, whenever you get a chance before our next, before we actually play the game, is I am going to need a secret from each of you. So Gallius, I absolutely want your real name. Um, just something from your past. It may or may not come up. It's just nice to have it in my back pocket because sometimes it becomes relevant. Sometimes it becomes an entire bad guy that ends up being an entire two-hour campaign. Um, and sometimes it's just a reference and then you kill it immediately. So, send me your secrets <laughs> and they can be in-depth, they can be vague, you can be like, um, I don't know, I knew somebody from my past, blah 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 blah, let me fill in the blanks. I got it. I got it right nice. now. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so good. I'm I'm excited. Like, you guys know each other well enough to like you're doing a job. You've done jobs together. You would do a job again together, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know each other well yeah. enough that you're probably willing to put yourselves on the line to make sure that y'all are okay. You're from the same community. You've all killed together. You've lied together. Y'all are kind of in thick. So what I will do is generally, so generally, again, we start with a crisis, which is basically you guys build a scenario based around some specific plot things and you have to pick up three different usually it's three different things sometimes it's four uh so that is between three to four different crises it depends usually it takes between like four to six hours depending on how quickly we can get through it so what i can do is i can trim down one of my existing crises to send you guys to get one or two items which means we could theoretically finish a crisis in about three hours Okay, so you don't... Okay, because my next question was going to be if you had, like, a, a kind of maybe a sneak preview of you able to tell us, of like, what the... What, it was, what we were going to be doing next time, basically. Well, uh, if you want, we can figure it out together because I've got them all written. It's just a matter of which one we want to do. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, I just thought, like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. ending on that kind of... Yeah, absolutely. Alright, so, for when we actually start playing the game, uh, these are your options for what your community crises could be. So this is going to be the overarching narrative and problem that you're going to be fixing as a group. So one of your options is called Containment Breach. Essentially, the at the Philadelphia Zoo, there's been a breach in the electrified walls. And animals may or may not be running amok into the city. So that's one option. God, yes, I love animals. <laughs> that's one option. <laughs> There's also gang war, which takes place at a state pen, which is in a constant state of conflict, where you basically get to pick which gang takes over uh, the uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. There's also Bad Reaction, which takes place at the Tritium Fusion Plant, where you get to go help the weird radioactive, like, weird, like, fusion-wielding electrogenetic modified leeches fix their slowly dying nuclear reactor. So far, it's Bad bad Reaction, which is the one you're just saying, the containment with the animals, the gang war for the penitentiary... And then there is Break a Leg, where there is an ossuary, which is a, a mortali religious space, which is basically just, if you've ever seen, like, the catacombs in Paris or the cathedrals that are made of bones, they're that. Uh, oh, no. So they're just, oh, like, no. they're just uh, um, places that you bury people that start with an M. Mausoleums that are just decked out in bones. And one of them has been destroyed. So you need to basically help them collect bones to fix up their uh, broken ossuary in, in Laurel Hill. And oh, I don't, I don't know if Nicole could resist. Uh... I think that's all. Yeah, that's that's all of those are those are your options. Okay, I was gonna say I feel like Nicole couldn't go to the catacombs without uh, resisting the urge to take some of the bones. <laughs> no, I'm like trying to think of a secret, and I'm like, I don't think I can outdo Dan. Th- th- this was the easiest character creation I've had because normally I'm like, I don't know, do you like I want this or do I want this? And I'm like, fucking gritty. Let's fuck shit up. Let's go. this isn't even a character this is just me with a different name honestly that's perfect that's perfect (laughs) oh man okay so yeah so what was that four or five options that i gave you guys Uh, i'm like they all sound really cool yeah so like whichever like if any of them actually like stand out stand out to you like i'm i'm down for any of them Mm -hmm. i like dealing with people so like the animal one sounds fun but i like more people problems I mean, so they're I'm all going to be like, people problems surrounding animal problems. Like, every one of your exploits is going to, like, they're they're all going to be dealing with people. Because you have to deal with communities, and communities have people. It's just, if you have that one, you might also get attacked by a lion. Or whatever you decide is in that in that zoo. It's up to you. Out of, like, your, because I was thinking about it, is there, like, a lot of, like, conversion, like, people, like, leaving, or, like, leaving, like, the religion they were born into to, like, go to a different one? It definitely happens. I've had at least two characters that started off as a specific religion and said, fuck that religion, I hate it, and I'm going to another one. Mechanically, not so much, but I do want to institute at some point an expansion that is like a community building and like cult making uh, expansion where you can essentially build build your own (laughs) cult of people around your own religion. But that's way in the future. But uh, also for like when you do that, you should, like how it's like, oh, like I found out that I really hate my religion and I'm going to like leave it. Just have that be like the rumspringa like oh my god yes edition. oh my god yes i can have i can have a rural pennsylvania version yeah i mean it's not like they'll ever know right <laughs> you, ins- you insult you insult my family daniel all right so which which crisis do we want to do i like the idea of our team interfering in a gang war okay 
Mm-hmm. Okay, we can go to a state pen. That'll be fun. It's chaos. You guys get to have fun with traps. Uh, that is the place that is in constant chaos. It's um, estate pen. Is co- it's in a place called the Mangle. No, no, no. I mean in real life. Sorry. Oh yeah, it is abandoned. Um, they do yeah. like like ghost ghost tours and shit. Yeah. Okay. So you can go to we can go to estate pen and we can get involved in a gang war and that will be really fun. And that actually, I think, will be easier to, uh, will be easy to, like, limit to a one-time campaign, too, so. Awesome. There's a mechanics that's called Twists, which is uh, entirely on the moderator's side, and at the beginning of every exploit, I roll a die that you don't see between one and six, and whatever's on that number is the number of twists that are going to be involved. And a twist is basically anything that changes your, like, your narrative trajectory. So you might be like, okay, cool, we need to run over here, and we need to save this person who's dying on the street. And then all of a sudden, a fucking, I don't know, giant mechanical dinosaur shows up and starts trying to eat you. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay, I guess we'll take care of that dead person later because this is about to eat us. And then that's a twist because it has to change your narrative direct- or trajectory from what you're doing to doing something else. Uh, a twist can also remove a feature. So, like, you might be in a ruin and then the ruin explodes. So then, oops, you're not there anymore. And now you're in a dwelling or now you're in whatever. So... Um, those are nice to have for twists because then maybe somebody shows up that's from your past instead of just a random mook. Harsh Generation. Building a dystopian hero. Masks and Mayhem normally uses Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. The show is written, produced, and genetically spliced by myself, R.C. Byler. You can follow us for free forever on all major podcast platforms. If you like what we do, please leave a review on podchaser.com. It helps more people find us, and maybe we'll even read your review in one of our segments of a later episode. This week's episode was brought to you by Harsh Generation. Follow us on Twitter at MayhemCast to keep fully up to date with us. If you leave us some feedback using the MayhemCast hashtag, you might even show up as an NPC in a future arc. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Cloud Road Music. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com.